in hindsight, I can see all the things I did right without knowing how to do it. But when I left that third job, I thought it would be easy to get the next one. And I, I meet uh, people professionally who still uh, have that experience. What I didn't understand is how hiring works. And once you understand that, then marketing and selling yourself is an important part of it, but it's not the only thing. You've also got to know what you want to do and where you want to work and what you offer to employers. Hi, I'm Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. Hello, and welcome to the Job Hunting Podcast. It's in the middle of winter here in Melbourne. I'm recording this in the middle of a very tough lockdown, and it was a pleasure today to speak to somebody who is experiencing a very nice warm summer weather up in the Northern Hemisphere. Mac Pritchard is a fellow podcaster and the co-host of Find Your Dream Job podcast. I noticed from reviewing my podcast statistics that my listeners were also listening to Mac's podcast. So I decided to reach out to him and introduce myself. He wrote a lovely review of my podcast on iTunes, and I then invited him to come in for a chat. And it's a pleasure for me to meet people from all over the world and get to know fellow um, career enthusiasts enthusiasts like Mac and understand how are th how things are going up where he is based and how similar or different it is from where I am. It's a very important part of uh, my job, uh, keeping up with uh, things that are happening all around the world. I have listeners from all around the world and I have clients from all around the world. So it's really important to me. And to be able to share that catch up with you is also, um, I think, that's a, a very interesting thing that I can do instead of just talking to Mac by myself. And we then uh, discussed a whole bunch of things that I think you will enjoy listening to, reinforcing some of the messages from previous episodes, but also coming up with some new ideas for you. Mac is the founder and publisher of Mac's List. Mac's List is a job board in the Pacific Northwest of the United States, helping employers and job candidates in Portland and Seattle. Mac also operates Pritchard Communications, a public relations agency that serves nonprofits, public agencies, and foundations across the United States. As I said, he has a, a, a podcast about careers, so uh, make sure that you find, find your dream job podcast and listen to it as well if you haven't done so. I'm assuming some of you already do that because that's how I, how I found out about it. And um, he wrote a book uh, that there's a link to the book below. So if you want to uh, know more about uh, Mac's book about job hunting, that's a great resource for you. I haven't read it yet, but I'm ordering one for me. So <laughs> I will tell you in the future uh, my, my experiences. But based on this conversation I had with him, I'm sure I'm going to love it. So what did we talk about? I will tell you in a minute, but before I do that, I want to invite you to subscribe and follow this podcast, please, wherever you found us. If you found us on Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
you can subscribe, you can follow, leave me a review. I'd love for you to hear from you and know what you thought about this episode or other episodes that you liked. And also please rank because this is how podcasts get get found. This is how people find podcasts like the Job Hunting Podcast. So it will be uh, really an honor to receive that um, little gift from you if you can subscribe to my newsletter. I have a weekly newsletter for job seekers and career enthusiasts. It goes out every Tuesday morning, Australian Eastern Standard Time with a new episode and lots of interesting articles that I curate specifically for job seekers and and people that are keen to make great career plans and advance in their career. So I'm very careful about what I choose to share. And I also you know, update you on what's happening, what's news. And if you're listening to this episode, you probably know that we're running the group coaching at the moment by the time this episode goes to air. And that it's always a pleasure for me to do my group coaching program. If you want to know about my services and understand what else is there for you to do before the end of the year, um, go to my website, renatabanati.com. There's a link to it in the episode show notes as well. And um, find out how you can participate as a client or, you know, maybe attend one of my free masterclasses, join the Facebook group. There's lots of opportunities for you not to feel lonely in your job hunt. This is my biggest mission on earth is to make sure that the job candidates feel supported, feel that they have the knowledge to go through recruitment and selection. And I have a feeling that um, this interview will reinforce that I'm not alone in this because Mac has this wonderful job board and he has experienced, like I have, unemployment and decided to do something about it in a very different way from me. But we, we have the same DNA and the same mission in life. So I'm very um, keen that I have found him from such faraway land. We discuss what led Mac to start a job board, the importance of understanding how recruitment works, how the pandemic affected Mac's job board and how it's recovering from it skills that are important post-pandemic for job seekers to know of and activate as soon as possible, and organizational culture in a virtual world. How is it going to be developed? How are we going to actually, um, yes, build this and design this new organizational culture when we're not actually physically with each other? So we discuss lots of interesting things and um, share experiences from Max's career um, and the reasons why he thinks it's so important to share that knowledge now with job seekers out there that are keen to find a job, keen to advance in their careers. We both have podcasts, I have lots of services, and I coach people, and he has this great job board and uh, activates a lot of um, great things, in he- not only in his region, but because of the podcast, reaches out to a global um, audience like I do. So there's a lot of common ground here that we share. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, um, follow me, subscribe, and follow Max Podcast as well. Hi, Mac. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm well. Yeah. Excellent. Look at us catching up from, you know, the other side of the world. (laughs) Yes, you're in the future. I'm in the past. (laughs) Just a few hours behind. What time is it now? Oh, gosh, it's 7 p.m. on Monday here. Tell me your date and time. 
it's 12 p.m. on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a, a little different. Um, you know, when you're in Australia, you're far away from everything. You feel like mm -hmm. you're on the bottom of the world at times. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never been there, but I it's on my list, and I just hear wonderful things about Australia. Well, we're in um, half the country is in lockdown at the moment. So why don't you tell us how are things where you are? Where are you? Let let people I know where you are. I'm in Portland, Oregon. We're in okay. the Pacific Northwest of the United States, uh, and we're about an hour from the Pacific Ocean, and 12 hours by car north of San Francisco, about 10 hours south uh, by car south of uh, Vancouver in British Columbia. And what led you to base yourself in this beautiful area? I'm assuming it must, must be gorgeous. It's a lovely part of the country, and I, my wife and I came here 30 years ago, this summer, we were living on the East Coast of the United States in Boston. We'd been there for almost a decade, and we wanted a change um, in life, and we were attracted by the quality of life in the Pacific Northwest. Mac, I've interviewed a couple of people that have made uh, big career changes, but included with that tree changes or sea changes. Do you feel like that's what you've done as well? two or three big changes i yeah like I you know changing careers or moving across the country and you know starting a new life in a completely different area usually a regional area i have certainly changed careers several times and i have lived in different parts of the country so i grew up in the midwest in a state here called iowa about three hours west of chicago mm -hmm. and lived there um, for the first two decades of my life, um, and then moving to New England and Boston was was very different. And then uh, being on the West Coast is quite different from Boston and the Midwest. So I, I have done it three times. And professionally, I've also changed careers. Uh, I When I left university a number of decades ago, I wanted to do three things. I wanted to get paid to write for a living. I wanted to work on political campaigns and I wanted to work in human rights advocacy and I've been fortunate to do all three things in the course of my career. That's, yes, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and I can see you have a government affairs political advisory background, which is so interesting. And now here you are helping people find jobs and helping employers recruit the best talent. What led you to make that career transition? Am I explaining it right, what you do now? Maybe you could do a better job. I think you're very clear. I run two small businesses. One is a regional job board. It's called maxlist.org. If you visit the site, you'll find hundreds of jobs there in the states of Oregon and Washington. Uh, we also provide lots of content about how to look for, look for work, as well as information about how to hire great candidates. Um, I also run a public relations company that works with governments, nonprofits, and uh, philanthropic organizations, foundations. Uh, I've been doing that for 15 years, and I've been running the job board in one form or another for two decades. Uh, I got into the job board business because I had two long periods of unemployment. Mm -hmm. One was in my 20s and one in my 30s. So I know what it's like to cash the last unemployment check. It takes about 30 weeks uh, to reach that point here in the United States. 
Uh, and I came within one week of doing it a second time. And those experiences taught me two important lessons that eventually led me to create MaxList. Uh, one was the importance of learning job search skills. You can't just respond to ads. You've got to learn how hiring works and, uh, and then make, once you understand that system, find ways to make it work for you. The other important lesson I learned was the important, the value of networking and building relationships with others and good networkers don't just ask for help. They, they serve others. And my, the, uh, my form of service came in, uh, came in sharing job postings. So I think everybody who's listening, we all get this email from a former colleague, a classmate, Hey, we're looking for help. Uh, at our company or a nonprofit at our university. If you hear, here's a posting. If you hear of any good candidates, send them my way or pass this along. I got a few more of those than most people, uh, but not that many. But what I did that was different was I started uh, sharing them with first dozens and eventually hundreds of people. And I did that because it was a way to be helpful to others. And nobody complains about getting a job posting. And Eventually, it, it turned into the business that we have today. That's that's great. That's such a great story, and so such a powerful one as well. And I'm, you know, so glad that we've connected because we we come from the same DNA. I feel Mac. Um, so that strength of communicating and advocating and championing for causes and policies, and now people is part of your DNA. It is, and I've had many different jobs. I'm, I'm old, I'm 62, uh, so I've been in the workplace for more than 40 years. I, I also worked in grade school and high school. Uh, but in my professional life, while I've been a speechwriter to a governor, I, communications director for state agencies and nonprofits, um, and worked in political campaigns and for elected officials, there's a constant that runs through all these different jobs and that's trying to make a difference about issues I care about or in the community where I live and work. Yeah. Was it hard for you, however, to transition your advocacy from your clients and your um, politicians to yourself? How do you explain the periods of unemployment? Do you find that that was kind of an environmental effect on the areas that you wanted to work for, or were you um, at the time struggling to sell yourself to others? Because ironically, Mac, I have a lot of clients that have a similar background than you, you know, they come from comms, corporate affairs, and marketing, and they're easier to train and coach. But it's, it's, it's funny, and we often laugh how easy it is for them to be great professionals in their field, but how hard it is for them to sell themselves. It, the point you're making is a good one. And I, I think the key idea here is you got to sell yourself. And I certainly, when I was out of work, knew how to advise my clients or my employers and, and how to promote their ideas or their services. I thought the most effective way of selling myself particularly the first time I was out of work was to reply to job ads. And I, I simply didn't know any better. And part of it was I'd ha had just blind good luck up till then. So I, 
I left college and I replied to an ad in the newspaper. I got a job on a U.S. Senate race um, and it was a wonderful experience. I'd had an internship at university and, and then uh, that led to a professional job in Washington, D.C., which was waiting for me right after the U.S. Senate campaign. And then the third job I got just through word of mouth. It was with a human rights group in Boston that uh, uh, was looking for help. And someone who knew about the position told me about it. I cold called the manager and uh, the hiring manager introduced myself and um, three weeks later had an offer. Um, So I, in hindsight, I can see all the things I did right without knowing how to do it. But when I left that third job, I thought it would be easy to get the next one. And I, I meet uh, people professionally who still uh, have that experience. What I didn't understand is how hiring works. And once you understand that, then marketing and selling yourself is an important part of it. But it's not the only thing. You've also got to know what you want to do and where you want to work and what you offer to employers. Because in that first period of unemployment, I was sending out the letters uh, in response to ads. This is the old pre-internet days. And, uh, uh, and I was getting interviews, but I wasn't getting offers. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't getting offers because it was, in hindsight, I can see, it was clear to the interviewers, I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I was uncertain, and that's natural. Um, but your job then is to figure that out. And I also didn't, while I was interested in these employers, I didn't know them well, and I didn't understand what their challenges were. And I, I couldn't, if I didn't know what their problems were, it's very difficult to show how you can help them. Yeah. And so those are things you have to do, uh, whether you're a professional marketer or uh, a job candidate of any kind. Mm. Where you want to go, what you offer, and above all, what kind, what job do you want? And Mac, how long have you had your job uh, job board for? I forget. It's been what a decade or more. Yes, I for almost ten years I yeah. shared the listings informally through an email list, and yeah. then ten years ago I launched a website and uh, and then started charging for postings about uh, seven years ago. So I'm assuming that, like me, 2020 and 2021 were a roller coaster ride for you. So for context for you, I was just starting the Job Hunting Podcast, whereas your podcast has been going for quite a while. And I remember batching all this content and recording a lot of episodes in a row and then realizing they were all redundant topics that nobody would want to hear about them anymore. And I had to very quickly <laughs> um, try, you know, something new and record things really um, just in time um, every week um, doing something that was really resonating with what was happening. Frankly, I was only a few hours ahead of other people <laughs> from having done a bit more research. And I'm wondering how how it affected you, your job board, and the job hunters in the Pacific Northwest. We, uh, at the business, we saw a a big drop in revenue in March and April of 2020, and it didn't bottom out until June of that year. And then slowly it began going up. Uh, and since January, 
of, of this year, uh, our website sales are almost back to where they were in 2019. So it, it, it was a dramatic drop in job postings though. And, and, and because we didn't know what would happen next, um, I have a staff of four and we did uh, furlough people two days a week. And we have a government program here that allows you to pay people unemployment benefits um, uh, while, when they've been furloughed, if you maintain health care and other benefits. So unemployment in the United States, in, in Oregon, uh, uh, meets a, provides about 45% of your lost wages. It doesn't replace it, but it's, it's um, better than not uh, getting anything. And our goal was to avoid eliminating jobs, to keep the team together. And um, uh, because, you know, it's a catastrophe when you lose your job. And also for company, you, you want to hold on to your people. They're your best asset. So it was a, it was a challenging year uh, in terms of traffic to the website and the podcast. Uh, we did see big drops uh, in the spring and talking to other job board operators in the United States they saw similar drops, but the numbers began going up in the summer and, and we're now back to um, pre-pandemic levels of traffic. And Mac, this traffic that's now coming back, um, is it very similar to pre-COVID times or do you find that the job ads and what employers want is somewhat different? The difference is it's a job seekers market here in the United States right now. Um, and that is a big change. Employers, particularly in the service industry, are uh, sometimes struggling with that. There were big layoffs of people in service industries, particularly in the hospitality businesses, restaurants, hotels. And all those businesses went offline at about the same time, and they all came back at the same time. So they're all competing for a smaller group of workers because many workers in the United States uh, this spring and summer have decided they want to think uh, before they take their next opportunity. And, and there was a record number of people in the United States uh, this spring who quit their jobs voluntarily, the highest number in 20 years. So it's, it's early days yet, but what appears to be happening is people have gone through this big, dramatic, life-changing experience and they're either thinking carefully about uh, what they want to do next before they say yes to returning to jobs they had, or they're in jobs now that they're thinking, well, I want to do something different and uh, I'll figure that out. Uh, but I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And if you are um, talking to people on your podcast, what are the topics that are really interesting for them and for you to talk about post-pandemic? Or are we in the middle of a pandemic still, but I'm just trying to get an idea of what the interest is overseas. I'll tell you what they are here in Australia. Here in Australia, there's a lot of talk about moving to regional areas. So people have identified that they don't need to go back to the workplace anymore. Um, Telstra, which is our biggest telecommunication company um, in Australia, 
yesterday announced that they are workplace agnostic. And my husband, for example, works for an American company called DXC, and they're also um, uh, promoting the fact that they are now virtual and they're the, the biggest virtual company in the world. So you can work from home forever if you want to. Um, this has caused a tremendous um, increase in house prices in regional areas and rentals as well. So everybody's moving away from the big lockdown towns, cities like Melbourne and Sydney, for example. Is that something that you're experiencing in the U.S. as well? There's certainly interest in um, working remotely from smaller towns and cities and you'll see uh, pundits and newspaper articles about what are called Zoom towns, places that are far from metropolitan areas. And the mayors and councils in those places are, are certainly boosting that idea. I, I, I haven't seen data that shows a, a huge change is happening. I think the big change that is happening here is Uh, most major employers who provide office jobs, they haven't brought their, their employees who have been working remotely back to work in significant numbers yet. That's starting to happen this summer and fall, or even not until early next year. And uh, the numbers vary, but uh, uh, it appears to be that uh, with large office employers, um, Uh, significant, uh, if not a majority, a significant minority of the workforce has been working remotely. Uh, and as a result, people who have been doing that are telling their managers they either don't want to come back at all or they want to just come back one or two days a week. And remote work and telework is something that has been under discussion in, in the United States for decades, but it never really seemed to take off And I think um, now that you're seeing companies where 30, 35, 40% of their workforce has been working remotely and wants to keep doing it, uh, they're probably not going to come back in significant numbers. And uh, that is probably going to be a, a lasting change. In the social change I work in, I do in politics, they say the magic number is 25%. If you can get Um, 25% of a community to change their behavior or support an idea, that's the tipping point. And so it appears that we probably have hit the tipping point for remote work and hybrid work. Um, I think for job seekers uh, and people who have jobs, that can be a great thing. Now you can avoid the commute and um, you uh, perhaps can move to an area to be closer to family or Um, uh, or, or things that are important to you, like uh, natural beauty. Uh, I think you also need to recognize that for employers are now, instead of concentrating on a local market and only looking at candidates in their town or city, they're going to start looking across the country or even globally. So for candidates and people in uh, mid-career or starting their careers, I think that means you've got to pay attention both to your virtual uh, job search skills and your uh, work skills once you're in a position. You've got to be able to work well remotely. You've got to be able to interview uh, well on Zoom. You've got to know how to network with both colleagues and with uh, industry leaders online and virtually because uh, 
if we are moving into a, uh, a remote, remote workforce future, people who have the skills to thrive in that environment are the ones who are going to have the most success. Absolutely. And it's interesting to see how um, people that perform really well face-to-face have not transitioned so well um, to an online environment. Um, and, and I was listening to your, I think it was your latest podcast, Matt. I don't know if you, if you have another one, but I'll, I'll have a link to it below. And it was this um, very nice guy you interviewed about organizational culture. Remember that one? I um, do, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was listening to it and thinking, gosh, how is it that we're going to work on organizational culture virtually if this is what's going to happen now? It's so much easier when you're in the water cooler or when you have everybody together. And there is this other chap in the UK, and I'll put a link to his Twitter below because he tweets very interesting um, ideas about potentially in the future um, doing face-to-face whenever you have to have this company experience so that you can boost the culture. But it's a point in time, isn't it, Mac? Like it's, it's a point in time and then you go back to your lonely office. And I was wondering, you know, how, how workplaces and workers are going to cope mentally and also be productive over time and what sort of work is going to be very effective done from individual home offices and what sort of work will require us to sort of rethink and redesign how we do business. Have you put some thought into it? Well, I've been struck by the uh, unanimity almost about productivity in remote work. There doesn't seem to be any disagreement here in the United States. I don't know what it's like there uh, that people who are working remotely have been uh, as productive as ever, even more productive. Uh, and of course, the concern before the pandemic, when you would hear about telework is, well, how do I know you'll, someone will uh, uh, be at the computer, they could be doing their laundry or running errands and, and all this sort of fell by the wayside. So I, I think that um, th- that's striking to me. I do think Remote work has been happening in at a much smaller scale for a long time now. So I think our challenge is going to be to look at examples of how organizations have successfully grown cultures when uh, organizational cultures, when they uh, have had their workforce distributed across the country or, or even the globe. I know the, the examples are out there. And to your point, I think the organizations that get good at that work uh, and the employees um, who learn how to thrive in it are the ones who are going to have the most success and the best careers. Yes, yes. So this is now new territory for both of us to to um, dig into for a few episodes. Can you share with us some of your ideas for 2021, 2022? What are you planning to do with the job board, with the podcast? Well, our, our podcast is a weekly show. It's called Find Your Dream Job. We focus on the nuts and bolts of job search. We get pretty granular about it. Uh, it's, uh, and that's what our listeners come for, practical advice about how to get your next job. And we look at topics like resume writing, interview preparation, uh, goal setting. Uh, and we're always thinking about 
in both choosing the guests and, and the topics and the questions about the needs of job seekers. Because uh, while I run a job board, and I'm very proud of the value it offers both to our employers and our, our readers, I'll be the first to tell you, if you're spending more than 20 or 30% of your time looking at job boards like mine, you're making your search harder and a lot more painful than it needs to be. Um, yes. This, yeah. So, so, Mac, I have an optimized job search schedule that I've designed for that reason. Yes, I'd love to share with you. It, it's a two-part workshop that I did at the end of last year to help people that had lost their jobs and didn't want to spend Christmas you know, just thinking about it and worrying about it. They just wanted to get on with trying to find work. You know, some people don't really celebrate festivities or depending on their culture. Or I remember losing my job just before Christmas in the past. And, mm. and I know how stressful it can be. And you not you don't really do anything, but also you don't celebrate anything because you don't, you're not in the mood. So I did this optimized job search schedule and it has a full-time schedule, a part-time schedule and a light version. So if you have a job and you're job hunting on the side, you can use the light version. And I did that because of what you just said, you know, so many people think that job hunting is basically going on a job board and just that rabbit hole, it's, it's almost like social media or Facebook or anything like that. It just captures you, your attention and you're there for hours and then you start you're losing track of what you need to do. So I'll share it with you and I'll have a link on the episode show notes if anybody wants to download it. Well, I'd love to see it. And, uh, you know, when I look ahead to the next year and beyond, there are many changes that are happening. I mean, remote work is a, a huge part of it and, and, you know, and, and the effect that the pandemic has had on all of us. But in careers and job search, I think the fundamentals matter more than ever because uh, particularly with so much work going online and happening remotely, there's going to be more competition. And so the people who are good at job search fundamentals and are thinking strategically about their career um, are going to have the most success. And that's, and so that's, that's a constant for us. And that's some, uh, those are ideas and topics that we return to again and again on our podcast and, and in the work that we do on our website. No, that's excellent. Mac, you know, I found you because I was doing some research and I realized that people that were listening to my podcast were listening to your podcast and my podcast is a baby compared to yours. So thank you for coming on board and speaking to us here. Um, it's a real honor to meet you and to connect with um, people like you who share this love and interest and a real mission to help others find their career paths and improve um, in their job hunting skills. So thank you for coming on board. Well, it's it's an honor and I appreciate the opportunity. And, and I have listened to about a dozen of your shows. You're doing great work. Thank you. You're helping a lot of people. So Thank kudos you. Kudos to you. Ah, oh, thanks. Bye for now, Mac. Right. Bye bye.